Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to High Resolution, the podcast about the video games industry. And there's only one thing I can think to do to kick off this episode. I want to read out the the disc room description off Steam because I want the people who listen to the podcast to grasp just how crazy this thing sounds. <laughs> <laughs> The year is 2089 and a giant disc has appeared in orbit of Jupiter. Step into the oversized spacesuit of a brave scientist and explore this sprawling intergalactic slaughterhouse. So, I mean, with this being Disc Room, I'm talking to, you know, Kitty Callis and Jan Willem Neiman and two of the developers behind this indie disaster zone. And to start us off, I'm just really hoping you could please give us some sense of the inspiration background behind spinning discs of death games because it's not really a genre that sort of you know you think uh, sits very broadly in the venn diagram of all games of all time so i'd love your description of what inspired creating a game <laughs> of avoiding spinning discs of death <laughs> <laughs> yeah this game is a sawblade uh runner made together with terry felman and those one and i i think so we kind of love minimalism in design and just Taking a bouncing saw blade, that's like the simplest you can get an enemy in a, in a video can kind of. And it started almost as a joke. Like, <laughs> can we make take that premise and make a whole big game out of it and have it actually be interesting to play? And we love, you know, sci-fi from the 60s and 70s. And we just wanted to take that premise. A giant saw blade kind of appears next to Jupiter and it's filled with rooms and those rooms are filled with more saw blades. <laughs> and you're, you're the poor scientist that has to explore that space and we'll take it kind of at face value very seriously because that's funnier to us in a way <laughs> um, and make that the game. And uh, that's been kind of our process with, with the four of us and, we just had a blast. It turns out you can do a lot with Sawblades. <laughs> and look, I really do love that idea of like focusing on a core idea so well, you know, and think it feels like it's one of those 
things that indie developers kind of really nail quite like or when yeah when you really fixate on a single idea because i've known plenty of other people who you know you know i always kind of hear that advice to younger developers to avoid getting carried away with trying to make your game too big that, that this feels like a really great way like great demonstration of saying let's take one crazy idea but let's explore that idea in detail yeah, we often joke that we kind of want to make the pizza margarita video games. It's something super simple yet delicious. If it's done <laughs> I love <well>. it. <laughs> yeah, but, but it also made it kind of tricky, right? Because a bad pizza margarita is like the worst possible pizza you can have. Yeah. <laughs> so like it needs to be uh, done super well. And I, I think that was the challenge for us is kind of how do you make something so simple uh so good. So it, it was super interesting to work on, actually, and very challenging to design. And it turns out having the right structure for all these sublate filled rooms was super important. And at some point, we kind of figured out this room is not really a game about surviving. It's a game about dying. And it added this whole layer to the game where everything you do is kind of to, through death in a way. Yeah, often uh, dying is a bad thing in video games, but this room is the way forward. Like, it really is what kills you, makes you stronger. Yeah, it's how you unlock new abilities. It's how you open doors. Um, there's doors with goals everywhere just to kind of explain the game. And it starts simple, like survive for 10 seconds. But then suddenly you run into a door and it says, die from 15 different disc types. Uh, <laughs> so it kind of gets that got to catch them all feeling, but you have to catch them all to the face. So you're like trying to find all the different disc types and filling in this science log uh, of what the scientist is going through. Um, and then there are kind of more mystery yeah. controls. I mean, that's not all. I mean, there is one big question, why, right? And I think there is like a lot to it, like no, no spoilers, but there is a deep and larger layer of mystery to find out. Like, you know, when you're watching a sci-fi movie and there's this person in question and he, ha- he has to figure out like what's going on and like we kind of want to put that feeling into a game. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's brilliant. And look, I always love that. I'm a sucker for story when, and particularly when it's kind of that mysterious thing that's just lurking out there in the distance. That's really cool. One thing about kind of those mechanic ideas, I guess, you know, I wanted to ask a bit more about that because it feels like, like I, I even I saw a screen, I think in one shot where it pointed out that like you had to die within a certain amount of time that like there's that puzzle quality to, to this. So, you know, can you talk a bit more about sort of the mechanics of play and progression here and the ways in which you're trying to, I guess in some ways, yeah, force people to explore how they should die successfully? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think once again, coming back to that minimalism, we love games that don't really tell you what you're supposed to do literally, but you just find out and you learn throughout the game. Like the only thing we explain to you in this game is what buttons to press. And that's very simple. It's just a stick and one button to play the whole game. Um, But then the more, like you can just start playing, you start unlocking some rooms, you get further, you encounter some like boss fight discs and you get deeper into the disc. But at some point you start to realize, wait, there's kind of, more to this and I need to start thinking more precisely and you might find yourself going back to previous rooms because you know something is off there or missing or um, you figure out that with a different ability that you've unlocked at some point you can go even further in a different direction and it just kind of unfolds like that and we love layering design like that um, where it's just like layers upon layers of 
more to grasp, but we'll never tell you like, hey, it's time for the next layer. It's just something the player experiences over time. So what starts as a very simple kind of surface experience of like, I'm in a room with saw blades and I have to stay alive as long as I can kind of becomes this, yeah, this mystery in a way, or this, this big sci-fi vibe of like, I am in a space where I'm not supposed to be. And there's way more <laughs> to this than I, than I thought. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'd love you to talk a bit about how you try to um, control chaos, I think is kind of, I guess the word I'm thinking of because you know, the, the game kind of looks and plays in such a kind of crazy way with the sort of the blades flying everywhere. But clearly you need to, uh, when you're designing that, you're like really needing to sort of control that carefully. That idea, I guess, organized chaos versus, you know, just saying, you know, hitting a random button, you know, and letting things pu- happen purely randomly. Yeah, um, I'll be honest with you. I think there's like a thin line between chaos and like fun and like... uh yeah, like I'm like one of those people who roll my eyes uh, when I'm playing a game and I'm playing the same boring bits like over and over again. And I think with this room, we get you, uh, we get your gears going like right away. And there is like, uh, like almost every every room you play, you open up other rooms. And like in the beginning, it's like if you're stuck at one point, you can continue in a different direction. And it's like the same open world structure, which I think is great for that. Yeah, it's not a randomly designed world either. It's like a fixed kind of thing that we handcrafted with a lot of love. Um, And the random is good because it does keep things mixed up a bit. So like while every room kind of has a set of different discs that appears, um, the patterns in which they move are not the same, you know? So it's not like, in a way, the game is similar to really difficult platformers like Super Meat Boy or something in that it is very challenging, very quick, and you can instantly restart. Um, but it's not muscle memory. You cannot memorize how to move in a room. You know, it's always kind of reflex and skill uh, based in a way. Yeah. So you have to deal with that randomness, which I think makes it more interesting, maybe. Yeah, right. And that's it. You, you just getting that balance right is kind of so essential to. To yeah. uh, you know, because I guess some like if you've got enough, of, if you've got the right level of the true random in there, then that's probably going to also you know make for some pretty cool story moments when someone just knows they just got smashed because things just didn't go their way on that run. <laughs> yeah, like even in the most basic form, like if a saw blade bounces off a wall in a square room, it kind of becomes a very predictable pattern. It just it just keeps moving in the same kind of uh way yeah. forever but if you add a slight random offset whenever it bounces then it's no longer 100% predictable you can kind of guess where it's going to be in the next 10 seconds but there's no way you can predict it for like a whole room full of saw blades so there's a lot <laughs> yeah. of little touches like that yeah cool um now i feel like this is going to be the kind of game where a few days after launch you're going to see like amazing videos of people doing things you never thought they'd possibly be able to pull off in this game. Am I right? <laughs> I love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there, there's leaderboards as well. So it's like definitely one of those things where uh, if just completing the game and completing hard mode and finding all the secrets is not enough for you, uh, you can go after your friends. And we even put the dev scores in there so you can uh, try and Beat defeat us. us and tarry in those. So uh, it's definitely going to be super fun to see people absolutely destroy the game. 
And what are your kind of thoughts on, I guess, mastery of a game like this in a sense? You know, where do you feel like the the learning curve sits in terms of, or the, even the kinds of people you feel like are attracted to playing a game like this? And, you know, how, how do you think that might sort of, you know, play out? Um, so we look, like, it is kind of a... a difficult game in a way but we look at difficulty not as like a single path that but kind of more a wide open thing so like some people might 100% the game or or complete the story and be like really proud of themselves and happy but other people might want to dive deeper and get into hard mode or Mm. deeper secrets and then on top of that we even have challenges which are kind of like really really almost well incredibly difficult challenges that uh, spend, We're even scared of Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they, they spend a whole run. So it's like, all right, it could be a speed run challenge, like complete the whole game in under a certain amount of time. Or there's one where you have to complete the game and you're only allowed to die from each type of disc once. So if the same disc type kills you twice, that challenge has been filled. So these are like the ridiculous level things. Like we haven't been able to beat all of them. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, at the same time, we also have really nice and friendly difficulty settings. You can absolutely kind of control how difficult you want this room to be. So you can set the game speed lower uh, or higher. Um, you can set specific hazard uh, speeds. Like there's a disc that goes around the wall. You can slow that down if you want. Um, you can unlock whole zones of the game from the menu if if you're really stuck. So. We do our best to make it really accessible for everyone. And uh, we're not too worried about people making it too easy for themselves or whatever. People know what's good for them. And um, it feels nice to have a game where everybody's able to get a saw blade to the face at their own kind of pace. (laughs) (laughs) Look, yeah, it's it's great to be able to just talk so refreshingly about saw blades bouncing off faces. I really appreciate that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Um, look, one thing that is really interesting about the, t- the team, you know, of the four of you working on games like this, because it's not your first game working together, but, you know, because it's presented as being developed by four developers, not like a company that you formed together or anything like that, you know, uh, I mean, it just kind of stands out as a really sort of interesting form of indie collaboration in a sense when you just choose to put your four names on it and... And like even you know, if I go to Steam, I kind of I can click on the four separate names. It's not sort of set up in some way where it's like, yeah, this is an 
an entity or an organization of some kind. You know, what's kind of the thinking behind just trying to collaborate in that way and and just keeping your own identities attached to working on these projects? I mean, games are made by people. And I think the best way to like show that is giving everyone credits. And um, the team coming together is actually the W and those one go like way, way, way back. Um, you first collaborated together on a game called Gun Gods. Yeah, it was his first like indie game gig, like almost what, 10 years ago? No, eight, something like that. Yeah, and, and Terry and Dallas collaborated on a lot of games. Kitty and I worked together on Minute, which was also like credited the same way. We made that together with uh, Dom and Yukio. That's the four people who made uh, Minute. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it feels nice to, to work this way and kind of demystify game development. And not, you know, usually the, in a way, the person doing the PR gets seen as the creator of, of the game, you know, because they're always talking to press and that's not, they're, they're not doing it on purpose, right? But it's kind of how it turns out being. There's this quote about, um, and it's like a fam- famous quote where it's like, uh, games are made by teams, not individuals, says Warren Spector, creator of uh, Deus Ex, right? <laughs> yeah. That's like, that, that's yeah. kind of something we want to, we want to go against. Yeah. Like, like Kitty said, it just, games are made by people. Yeah. And look, it just, yeah, it really kind of stood out to me as a nice thing because that's it, I guess, for fans, you might sort of go and dig that information out of somewhere. But I think it is quite a nice thing to be able to, you know, when I'm looking at it on Steam to be able to just go, oh, what else has that person made? Like that there are the, it's kind of, you know, as much as you've, you know, the various people on the team have collaborated on other projects, it just felt like it stood out as a really nice, you know, way to foreground exactly that, that that you're individuals who make cool things and this happens to be one of the things that you're working on together. I think it's, yeah, there's a really sort of nice feeling on that. And um, you're not kind of just getting hidden behind, as you say, some sort of other structure that then, in some ways, might make you feel like, well, you ha- you're now a company, and therefore you you'd you'd better think of the next thing that you're doing together because you went to all that trouble of setting up a company in that way. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I hope people are like, well, I really you know enjoyed this game. Let's see what else Kitty has made, and they check out the other games by Kitty, and then you find that she also collaborated with other people, and you kind of get to know the creator's voice more in that way too. I, know, I, I love working this way. It feels really nice. It feels good, yeah. Yeah, yeah it feels like you're right. that uh, You can sort of slowly reveal the the taste each person has for the kinds of games they like to, to go away and make together. I mean, it, look, it also leads into, I wanted to ask about this, the game jam that is, uh, you know, happening, I think, has it technically started this week? Um, but it, yeah, it just looks like a really interesting project to kind of throw in alongside releasing a game. Yeah, cool. Um, this room took us like a little over a year to like make with the four of us. And, um, in hindsight, it all seems pretty easy, you know, like you look at it and you, like you see, uh, someone in a room running around, dodging discs and like unfolding the story uh, step by step. And I think it's, yeah, we, we kind of realized that the basics of this room are something that is very simple to kind of uh, make, you know, like it's a person that moves their saw blades uh, bouncing around. And when you die, uh, when you hit one, you die and then you get a score. You know, that's like the, the very core. And that's something that you could actually program in maybe an hour 
even with very little experience. So there's something very accessible about making a, a disc room like in a way. And yeah. we wanted to share the fun kind of and see what other fun twists people come up with and just kind of have this, uh, because we had a blast working on this game in a way. It was a very fun kind of easygoing project most of the time. Um, so yeah, why not get other people to kind of join in the fun and, and just make some, some fun games. We come from kind of a tradition of game jams. So that's how, how we kind of, started collaborating all of us and how, you know, we learned to make games very, at least for, for me personally. Um, so yeah, it, it just seems like, like a, a fun thing to do. And it's not like this room is kind of a, a challenging thing to, to make a game. Like it's, it's very accessible. Yeah. And to keep them going, we have like a, a asset set with like sounds and like a little tutorial video. And so people can follow it step-by-step step and like make their own very disc room game. Yeah, that's just, yeah, I think it's just such a nice way to kind of reach out to that wider, not just kind of the community of people who might want to play the game, but I mean, clearly it's also, it's a tricky year and um, creating something that kind of gives people that chance to do some kind of uh, online game jam and give them just that inspiration point to kind of leap forward with. Um, I really, yeah, look forward to kind of checking back in on it in a couple of weeks and seeing sort of what sort of stuff comes out of that. I mean, how I notice it's on itch.io, like how will that mm-hmm. sort of mean that the games that are kind of created through it will be sort of just tagged into, uh, like a page over there or something like that? Yeah. People can submit it to the gem page on itch.io. Um, and yeah, I, I can't wait. We, we planned the disc room. It starts kind of before our launch and ends about a week after. So we'll be kind of rested and, and uh, those and Jerry and Kitty and I will just check out all the entries and it's going to be super fun. Yeah, we got like a couple of prizes for the winner. So yeah, I'm excited, excited to see where uh, what they come up with. Yeah, and I think that's also, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Uh, yeah, like yeah. A, a part of the, the industry in a way, or if you can call it industry, that really excites us. It's just kind of the people who are just getting started in games who are making fun things and, and putting them online for free. Like the whole community on, on itch.io is just fantastic in a way and then really inspiring. So it's nice to just do something there. Yeah. And look, I adore the fact that even that in the first place, a disc room original soundtrack has been pressed as a <laughs> saw-shaped <laughs> vinyl that is epic. And then, yeah, so for the winner, we'll definitely get their hands on something that I noticed it's already, you know, it's sold out on your website and all that. So it's like, there's like a money can't buy kind of a prize for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of a kind. No, yeah, I think there was something we, when we just started talking to Devolver about the project, like before we had a uh, contract sign, uh, you know, we knew we were going to work with this one. Um, and we uh, knew we wanted the finals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we were like, hey, before we sign everything, can we do a Sawblade final? And they were like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And look, I, I've i only ever heard wonderful things about sort of, yeah, from all the people who release games through Devolver. And particularly, I don't know, is there something where like, I mean, they are clearly attracted to quirky, bizarre, wonderful games like that. And it seems like they happily encourage people to just run with whatever crazy idea they happen to have. <laughs> yeah, they're like a bunch of beauties. Like the Volver trusted the developers and they take care of everything that isn't making games. And <laughs> let's be honest, I don't think like every purpose you would like to 
publish a game where like the premise is like the year is 2089 and it's like a room full with like saw blades and like lots of saw blades. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, when you have a game coming out with them, do you look forward to how it might be presented during one of their bizarre three showcases? <laughs> I don't know if you've ever watched any. Yeah, they're amazing. Both excited and worried. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's look. That's a really good point. Um, Look, yeah. What do you hope? um, Yeah, what do you hope the reaction is, and what because what kind of feedback is your favorite kind of feedback when you release a game? I I don't know. It's always for me. I I think I can speak for us. Like the week before release is really kind of. scary in a way because you know we've made games before i've been doing this for a while but you still have this feeling like what if nobody likes it you know (laughs) um but but i don't know like if if people pick it up and um it's it's a game that is kind of uh much more than what it seems at, at first glance it's not you know just running around in a room and not hitting stuff there's a a deeper kind of mystery and layer to that and uh, almost like a cryptic puzzle aspect. And and it's just a a lot of interesting things going on, but it's not something you can kind of see from a trailer or a screenshot. It's something that really needs to be played. So if people start playing it, that's for me, all right, we, we, we made it, you know, like they're giving it a shot. And I think when people do give it a shot, um, they'll see that, you know, trying to get killed by 15 different types of saw blades is really fun. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a little nerve-wracking, but also like super excited. I can't like wait to see what people like try to do with like the game and like the secrets they unlock or like the things they, like there are always going to be people that like are really good at speedrunning and try to cut corners everywhere. And I'm just like really excited to see where those corners are. And like, like, because of course, like we know the game and we played it over and over, but there got to be people that are, like, better than you, which is, like, I don't know, which is fun. I yeah, like to absolutely. see it. Yeah, look, and it's a good point, isn't it? It's like you can have, you know, however many playtesters you can get your hands on. Then when you release it to the world, like, there's still a factor of 10 or 100 or 1,000 more people suddenly have access to it. And there's, you know, all kinds of new things that they might discover about it that you just would never had the opportunity to even think was possible. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like, like when you make a game, in a way, everything that you allow players to do in it, intentional or not, someone is gonna do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's it's nothing. It, it's not something you can one hundred percent test always. So it's like it's gonna be really interesting. Yeah, like we've been at it, the game took like two to three hours to like play entirely, and then there were like speedrunners who completed the game in. Three minutes. And I was like, three minutes? How is that even possible? <laughs> yeah. And like watching their videos is like so fun. Yeah. So like, like even I did some of the math for this room, because if you just look at the goals uh, that they're usually like, we, we like the game very intense and quick. So there are no goals that are like survive for five minutes. It's always like, all right, 10 seconds. And those 10 seconds are challenging right away. So there's no buildup. It just drops you right at the most intense 10 seconds we can think of. But if you do the math and if you add together all those 10 seconds of disk room, it should technically be possible to com- to run through like the, the first part of the game in like, I don't know, under 15 minutes or something. But of course you die and, and you need to figure things out. So people are going to take hours to do those 15 minutes, but I'm pretty sure we'll see some really ridiculous speed runs. 
Yeah, look, I I am really excited about. It. I have to say that this is the kind of game where, yeah, on on the surface, I'm not sort of big on the super hyper challenging sort of dodge games and things like this, you know, bullet hells and all those kind of classics. But but the puzzle qualities to this really makes me excited to to dive in and explore it. And so. I'm excited. I hope it does really well for you. So, Kitty and JW, thank you so much for your time and good luck with the launch later this week. Thank you. Thank I can't you wait so to much. hear what you think. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.